people just keep connecting sex for the after sexual intercourse <laughs> with sexy. Sorry, I'm going real, real blunt here in this, in this podcast. Rated PG. It's supposed to be rated PG. I think that dance and art on the whole provides a great opportunity to cope with stress. Music makes me go around. To me, art is an expression of the creative mind. Bali is my passion. It helps us to give more admiration to the world around us. Music is from God. God. The ultimate artist. Today I have with me dancer of many styles, choreographer, instructor, creative director, CEO, and founder of Healing Queens, Catherine Carrera, also known as KTC. Hey, Pat Wright. Thank you for having me on this podcast. Pleasure. So, Kate, what is Healing Queens and how did this whole movement begin? Well, Healing Queens is a platform made for women by women to give the average woman or any woman the platform to find, explore, strengthen their own voice within their own definition of femininity. I use the medium of teaching in heels because I think there's nothing more feminine and empowering and challenging than putting on a pair of your favorite pumps and strutting your stuff (laughs) dancing around it's hella fun it's exuberating it's exciting it's nerve-wracking and I think um it was created because at the point in time when I was training as a dancer we didn't have in Trinidad Tobago a female teacher teaching females how to move like females one and two we didn't I didn't experience, I don't, I don't know if there, there were, but I didn't experience a class where movement had meaning outside of like ballet pieces and contemporary pieces. And, you know, you, you would find those things in, in, in like a performance. If you put on a show, of course, there was a hip hop piece that may have had a meaning of struggles and whatnot and whatnot, but it wasn't being taught in class per se if that makes sense. In class was all about training and and getting steps, which is great. But I personally like to create stories, even if I'm teaching a class, even if the the students don't know of the story. Every choreography that I've put out there in a class has a story, actually. When I was trained as a dancer, I didn't have that avenue. So that's why I started Healing Queens, to give the average woman the platform to explore, as well as for dancers to be trained by females how to move like a female as opposed to what men thought women should move like i'm actually gonna come to that last statement later on but before we go there i noticed you use the word empowerment right Uh so i have heard women say that they do feel a sense of empowerment when they do the heels class so what is your philosophy on empowerment through dance how exactly do you let dance translate into empowerment, female empowerment? Well, I do think that the heels have a very huge part to play. I think, like I said before, there's something almost celestial to when you put on a pump as a woman. 
So I think um, putting on a heel, one helps the woman to take them to that place of femininity. Then I'm tackling the question two ways. First, I'm talking about the whole structure behind it and then I guess the deeper meaning. And then there are certain moves that help a person to, I guess, let go of their inhibitions or their worry of being feminine and get them to that place, almost like a catalyst, really. So the heels and certain movements act like a catalyst to the road to femininity. Then I try my best to always let my students or clients know that whatever your intentions are needs to be clear. For this class so even if i were to tell you to do two steps even though that is not typically when i say two steps as in step step even though that's not a typically sensual movement if your intentions for yourself in that moment is to exude femininity and i keep reminding them of, of that that is how it translates to a feminine energy which can be very empowering because I don't think people would take me doing two literally two steps in a heel be empowering but when you have the intention within you that you know what these two steps are going to be the most feminine thing I, I do in this entire class I think that's very empowering to know that I can literally do two steps and not just a credit card swipe <laughs> and, and still feel empowered and feminine so yeah so that's how I translate it to empowerment you just making sure and me reminding you the students that your intentions for this class is to unlock certain i guess doors that were locked due to society to unlock those doors to be able to find that voice and through that voice comes empowerment he is usually considered like sexy class right so within the context of a heels class would you say that the word sexy and self-confidence are synonymous or is there a significant disparity between the two i think being sexy let's just take it back for two seconds i think the word sexy has developed because of patriarchal attributes in society and taboos and stigmas has developed a negative connotation because in history, women, our place was in the household. We needed to mind house, mind children, mind our husbands. Anything sexual was, still is, for our husbands and for closed doors. Now, people put sex and they equate it to sexy. So that is how sexy became a negative connotation because people just keep connecting sex for the act of sexual intercourse. <laughs> with sexy sorry i'm going real real blunt here in this, in this podcast rated pg it's supposed to be rated pg, PG. 15, but okay <laughs> i mean kids nowadays need to know they really need to know especially young females yeah. because we are told as kids that we have to be responsible for an older man's thoughts so you need to cross your legs when a man is in the house. Why is my leg open going to taunt this elder man's thoughts is the question that should be asked, first of all. I am straight. No, that's fine. That's fine. But that is that is the conversation we kind of need to have with our, with our kids. I'm not saying you should skin out in front of everybody. <laughs> <laughs> that is not what I'm saying. So don't be like, well, KDC said I can sit like this. No. <laughs> but the question should be asked. Why is my 
two-year-old daughter legs not being crossed going to taunt a grown man's thoughts. I digress, moving forward to the actual question. I think that being sexy, feeling sexy, is a byproduct of confidence. I think feeling sexy is the same way you can feel happy. I think it's a feeling like happiness, like anger. So the same way men, they have their own um, definition of sexy. When they're feeling strong, when they're feeling respected, when they're feeling they're the man, when they're feeling like they've provided for their loved ones, they have their own definition of sexy. And I think it stems from, I guess, I could be wrong. I don't want to just say this is fact, but I think it stems from feeling like a matrimony, right? We as women have our own definition of sexy. And when you are confident as a woman in your feminine energy, you feel sexy. And that has nothing to do with, I feel sexy for another person. It is, I feel confident, I feel sexy for myself. I look good, I feel good, I'm getting my grades, I am getting my coins, I am feeling on top of this world and it translates to feeling sexy. Some of my clients are moms and they they have lost that feeling completely because of, I guess, their womanly duties have taken over. And nothing's wrong with doing your womanly duties. We all have our gender roles and whatever else to play. But I still think for self, being sexy is one of the feelings women, everybody actually, both men and women, want to feel for themselves, which is a byproduct of feeling confident. So because of the kind of different interpretations of sexy and whatnot, would you say that there is kind of like a lack of understanding of what the heels genre of dance represents? Yes, because I think because of marketing purposes and products and services, quote unquote sex sells, right? I think because of mainstream media, they have turned sex into a money-making thing, which means they have placed women in a position to sell these products. So I could be going down the highway and I see an ad for tires. More than likely, I'm going to see a sexy woman next to these tires. Always, always. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Why is there a woman with her heels on putting her foot up on a tire? How, like... Am I going to get this woman when I purchase these tires for this car? <laughs> no! <laughs> it is really to attract the male mind to go to this ad to purchase this tire. Because we all know you're not going to get this woman at the end of the day. You get four new tires for $900 on your car. <laughs> so the fact that mainstream media has placed sex sales, placed women in ad- advertisements, so they have nothing to do with feeling sexy it has obviously now put the role on women to be sexy for men in a way that is not well if you're doing it for men you're not doing it for yourself so it has nothing now to be self-confident it has everything now to attract men so when you put it into the context of a class where for me i I can't speak for everybody but for me when i am teaching you a quote-unquote sexy choreo i am doing all of this solely for you you've taken my class what i do say is whatever your intentions are for this class you need to keep focus on that intention some women come to the class to be able to be sexy for their men that's their intention i will never stray them away from it because that's your intention however when you come to class 
you get a different perspective like oh i can do this for myself as well first and foremost which would then obviously trickle down to my partner so when men look at the class and they see all these sexy movements they obviously translated to sex and we're doing this for attention of men because quote-unquote sex sells and in any shape or form if somebody a woman is being sexy she must be doing this for attention she must be doing this for a man she must be doing like it is something that's gonna take forever to break because it has literally been brainwashed into our minds it's all unconscious learning is what what it's called so even unspoken lessons i don't think um with the whole sitting crossing your legs your mom's telling you this obviously is not telling it to you from a standpoint of don't be sexy or whatever i think she's just saying it because this is something she's heard her mom say and so forth and so forth her mom told her that when the question should be asked, as I was saying, why is a two-year-old leg being open on some a grown man's mind? But anyways, yeah, so they answer your question. I don't know. I so yeah, much. you did, you did. When men, some women, it really depends if you don't experience it for yourself looking into the class, you can see what people see when they look at an ad for tire with a woman next to it. Like, oh, she's just being, using the word sexy in a negative way. I heard you say, well, you had an interview last night. And one of the things I heard you say was that during your dance career, you got the comment that you were being too feminine. Was that something you heard from both men and women? It was mostly men. The female instructors in my life at the point in time were mainly ballet, jazz, modern. So in those genres of dance, besides the jazz where you kind of have to be sassy in certain choreographies, obviously, I just didn't have room for me to be feminine in those genres. With the hip-hop where it's more expressive and you're kind of allowed to go off um, or color outside the box, when I was capable of coloring outside the box, I would be feminine. Again, I'm not, I'm not saying that I shouldn't know how to work like a thug because if I book a usher gig and one of the choreos walk with eight counts as a thug, yes, I should know how to work like a thug. But if you're giving me a freestyle in the middle of a choreo, I will be feminine. Yeah, and that's who I am. That's what freestyle is. That's what improv is. It's to show me who you as a dancer. So would you say that this is kind of like a major problem for other dancers as well? Like being told to be a certain way? And how would you recommend resolving this? I mean, well, I know you can't go around and save the world, but... Um, I don't think it is like that now. I think there are more female instructors now, which is very great to see. Even if a female instructor is teaching the thug way of doing things, that's great. But there's still aspects where when a female teacher is teaching, they will, especially a female student, they will be able to help that student find their femininity within that choreo. I have a huge problem when clients are hiring men to choreograph for female dancers for female jobs that issue i have i don't i don't know how to combat that it's just educating the people outside of dance if somebody who's outside of the dance genre don't know anybody else but a male choreographer for a job and they hire this male choreographer who does not know how to create for the female body then client has just given an opportunity to a male choreographer the opportunity that he should have given to a female choreographer for a female dancer or dance or, or choreography 
but the issue is because they don't know. So the onus is for dancers to be able to say, you know, this is not really my forte. Here's somebody who can do it. For you as a teacher, what would you say is probably the most valuable lesson or the most important thing you want your students to take with them when they leave your class? To trust themselves. I think a lot of um, students don't trust themselves a lot. I think they rely heavily on the teacher to have that trust in them and a teacher should be able to trust their students yes but as a teacher i don't think i can give you your vision for yourself i can help you get to that vision i, I can be one of the teachers to help you get to that vision because if you don't trust yourself you're never going to take chances therefore you're never going to learn and you're never going to grow the whole point of taking classes for you to take risks trust yourself if if it doesn't work out in that class great Therefore, you know there's another route to do it the next time. I always tell my students, you need to make the mistakes now. So trust yourself. It is okay to make mistakes because that's the only way you're going to learn and grow. What's your favorite thing about teaching? Definitely when a beginner dancer, or well, anybody per se, but typically in the average woman, when they finally get the choreo. When I say finally get the choreo, it doesn't even have to be like the way I did it. I've given you the tools, I've given you the canvas, I've given you the paintbrush. Now you paint the picture. So when they can use the tools that I've given them, get the choreography, that self-satisfaction in themselves is so the best feeling in the world as a teacher. I'm getting goosebumps. I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> Guys, she literally has goosebumps. And you have online classes still running, right? Yes, I have been given Zoom classes, online classes. But yeah, if I continue to do so, it will be paid classes. It won't be free anymore because, hi. <laughs> <laughs> Last question I usually like to end my podcast with. Do you have any words of advice for dancers during this time? Obviously, the typical advice would be train, 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 train. Because um, the law of reversibility, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. It is so. It, it, I want to say it takes a dancer at least two weeks to undo all the training they have done in a month. You need to cross-train in terms of um, working out, conditioning, Pilates, yoga, aerobics, whatever. But you need to condition yourself because I promise you, your stamina would decline in this time because you don't have the regular going from here to there, going from there, because it does assist in helping certain attributes needed for everyday activities. But anyways, lose all my gains. Yes. The other thing that we need to focus on is our mental health because like it or not, our lives have been literally taken away from us without warning but you also need to accept what has happened and by being in denial and just training you're not allowing yourself to accept acknowledge feel and release these emotions which can play a major part in your mental health so you need to be appreciative of the downtimes that you have if you have those negative feelings let them come and release them don't just pack another dance class over it because this is a real thing we're going through where we no longer have our lives like we normally do. And if you, if you just neglect it, it can cause a lot of mental issues. So if you don't feel like, if you're not feeling productive one week, don't come down on yourself for it. Don't be like, this person is doing this, this person is doing that. Like, no, 
focus on whatever you're feeling. Let it, let it come, let it out. Don't do anything. Don't force it. And then take it from there. So focusing on the down times and your mental health is just as important as training and cross training and body condition. And stay true to yourself. Be authentic. Don't try to be anything you're not. Words of the wise. So thank you very much, Kate. Thank you for having me. This is great. I love doing things like this with you, Pat Rice. Thank you for listening to the Connoisseur Panel. Today's episode featured me, KTC, and you can find me on social media at KTC2102. Music for this podcast was originally composed by Richard Pagas, and you can find him on YouTube at Richard Pagas.